0: today on Abounding Grace. You know, here's the thing with sin. You think you've got it all figured out and it's not going to work. It will not end the way you think it's going to win. Just just warning you from the scriptures and warning me. It's not going to end. You say, oh no, no, it's going to be different for me. It's not. What a man soweth, that he also reapeth. No farmer sows corn and expects apples to come up. He wouldn't be a farmer. And in the spirit, we should expect the same thing. You can't ever expect to sow sin and think some righteous thing's gonna come up out of it. It's not.
1: This is a messing Again, and welcome to Abounding Grace with Ed Taylor, a ministry of Calvary Chapel Aurora. We open First Kings 11 on this Friday as we continue to examine the life of Solomon. At this point of his life, he's not walking in wisdom, and his heart is turned away from the Lord. He has a divided, disobedient heart. But how did he get there? Well, we're about to see. So join us at verse nine, and we'll get today's study underway.
0: Verse nine. Then the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned from the Lord God of Israel who had appeared to him twice. That's just, we we kind of read over that, and I was going to in a minute because I got a lot of verses to cover, but we just read over that. Yeah, Solomon had the Lord appear to him twice. Like God literally appeared to Solomon twice. The first time was when he gave him the the choices and the options where he chose wisdom. And the last time we learned just a few, twice twice. He had two supernatural, burning bush type of appearances from God. It's almost like the writer wants us to understand that Solomon was a blessed man. I wonder how many of us, if we were writing our stories, say, yeah, the Lord appeared to me twice, let alone once. Wow. The root of the issue is right here in verse 9. His heart turned from the Lord. His heart turned from the Lord. While David was a man after God's own heart, Solomon is a man who turned his heart away from the Lord. He didn't follow in his father's footsteps. God never appeared to David like he appeared to Solomon, and Solomon got it twice. But here's the thing, even if the Lord were to appear to you personally, it would not be enough for you to grow in grace. Say, well, man, you're talking about appearances. I'd love the Lord to appear to me once and twice. I would do it. That would just make me. That would just go. That would just, that would just. And not even two appearances of God in your bedroom would give you what you're looking for to grow in God's grace. Because it's not the supernatural, it's not the manifestations. This this is what's going to give you what you're looking for. You ready? It's a secret, it's a mystery. I'm going to reveal to you right now. A long, steady obedience in the same direction is going to give you what you're looking for. Reading, studying, and receiving, and doing the word of God is going to get you. You go, no, 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 just two appearances would be fine. But two appearances, even more than his dad got, Solomon was still caught up with the things of this world. It's the word of God that will build your faith and sustain your life. That's why as a church... As a, family of, uh, as a fellowship family here, we are unashamedly committed to teaching you the Bible, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. I know I'm not going as fast as some people would, would like, but I don't have an artificial time schedule to go fast or go slow. We're just going to take it as the Lord leads. And I think I've shared with you, I'm almost done with the New Testament. As soon as we're done with John, we'll go into Hebrews. And after three years studying Hebrews, we'll be done with the New Testament. And then some of those earlier studies we did in the school, I need to destroy and do over of the early days. And just like, whoa, man, what, whoa. But God is gracious because it's not the vessel. It's his word so you can go and you just provide you just present yourself to the lord and be used by him and you don't have to have some polished message and you know I don't want you leaving here oh great message I want you leaving here oh great god and you're like wait a minute I want a great message no 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 I want you leaving this thinking about man what would it would be like if the lord appeared to me twice but you know what I can read my bible tonight I can love god in his grace and his love and his mercy I don't want you depending upon me I, I, don't want, I don't want that responsibility. It's not my responsibility for you to grow. It's your responsibility. It's your responsibility to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And I want to help you along the way. I want to serve you. I, I want to be available to use my gifts and callings of God and be obedient to him so that we can, bear the, the, we can enjoy the fruit of the obedience of our church. But I don't want you to depend on me. And if you are depending on me, you're disobeying God. Because sometimes there'll be such a desperation in your life that you'll call the church before you call the Lord. And in your mind, you're thinking, you know, if I could just talk to Pastor Ed, if I could just talk to Pastor Ed, if I could just talk to Pastor Ed, all my life would be solved. And I'm telling you right now, that ain't going to happen. Most of the time, the problems that are presented to me, I have no idea how to solve them. But I could pray, and I can encourage you, And I can share testimony with you. And I can open the Bible to you. But I'm not your Savior. Jesus is your Savior. And any of the men here, any of the women here, none of us are your saviors. None of us are the ones, like, we're just your servants. And so hopefully we'll just be known as men and women that serve you well. And and I I have to say, most of the things that the men and women that serve here, they do, they do behind the scenes that none of us ever see. They're serving unto the Lord. And... And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful to be surrounded with so many loving men and women that just serve. And we, all, we all just serve together and God mixes our gifts together and, and out comes a cherry pie. You know, but making that pie crust is, there's some nasty ingredients in that pie crust. You know, it's just humanity. It, it's the word of God will build you up. Psalm 119 verse 50, this is my comfort and my affliction. Your word has given me life. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes by hearing and what? Hearing by the word of God. Memorize that. I know many of you already know it, but memorize Faith comes by hearing. And so you're faithless tonight and you're in unbelief. How do you build your faith? By hearing the word of God. That's why I love at times to read the Bible out loud to myself. Or as Marie likes to, she likes to use the app. And I was having a hard time sleeping last night. And so I just put on the app in the book of Luke and I just put it into my ear and one of my earbuds and I just let that app read to me the Bible until I fell asleep. Just like I need the word of God even to go to sleep at night so the Lord might comfort me by his word. The other scripture I have written down is Luke chapter 11 verse 28. Um, But he said, Jesus speaking, more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. So hearing the word of God builds faith, but more blessed is the person that hears it and keeps it. And looking back at Solomon's dad, David, he loved God's word. David heard the word of the Lord, kept the word of the Lord, and loved God supremely. His love for God turned his heart toward God. That's why we know what we love by what our hearts are. That's why Jesus said, lay up to yourselves what? Treasures in heaven, because where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. And we know where our heart is turned toward the Lord as it is dedicated to him, loving him and loving his word. When you look back on the first three kings, you know, Solomon's compromise wasn't just one thing. It didn't happen overnight. We're reading a chapter 11, really his life in just 10 chapters, uh, Solomon's life in 11 chapters, but we're reading chapter 11, like right tonight in about a half hour Bible study, 40 minute Bible study, but it didn't happen in 40 minutes. This is a summary of his kingdom. He didn't, you know, it didn't, he, he couldn't marry 700 women like in a day. Or find 300. I mean, this is, a thou- this, is, this is a lifetime of compromise. A lifetime. Even if he married, I did the math, even if he married or accumulated two women every single day, it would take almost a year and a half just to do that, two women a day. So over time, his, his heart wandered. If you're taking notes, let me give you a few things so you can see, and you can study this for yourself, but some things that you can see in his life. Number one, he disobeyed God's command, that's where it started. Number two, he permitted his wives to worship their own gods. Thirdly, he tolerated their idolatry. Fourthly, he accepted their idolatry by building shrines. And then fifth, he participated in their false worship. So it started with disobedience, then permission, then tolerance, then acceptance, then finally participation. And his heart was far from the Lord. Solomon was a man with a divided and a disobedient heart one author put it this way. When you look back at King Saul, he had no heart for the Lord. When you look at David, he had a whole heart for the Lord. And then when you look at Solomon, he had a half heart, half hearted. We have these little cards down in the bookstore to teach your kids the books of the Bible. And that's where I learned that. They draw you a little picture, and if you look at the picture, you not only know the book of the Bible, but you can tell the big theme of the Bible. And for Saul, they have a guy with a dark heart. For David, they have a guy with a big heart. And for Solomon, you have a guy with a half heart. And you can learn it very quickly. You know where they, what, what book of the Bible it is and what their hearts are. And that's what we're learning with Solomon. It says in verse 10, he had commanded him concerning this thing he shouldn't go after other gods. Verse 11, therefore the Lord said to Solomon, because you've done this and have not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to your servant. Nevertheless, I will not do it in your days for the sake of your father, David, but I will tear it out of the hand of your son. However, I will not tear away the whole kingdom, but I will give it one tribe to your son, For the sake of my servant David, and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen. Verse 14. Now the Lord raised up an adversary against Solomon, Hadad the Edomite. He was a descendant of the king of Edom. For it happened when David was in Edom, verse 15, that Joab, the commander of the army, had gone up to bury the slain after he had killed every male in Edom. Because for six months Joab remained there with all of Israel until he had cut down every male in Edom. And Hadad had fled. Way to go to Egypt. He had certain Edomites and his father's servants with him. Hadad was still a little child. Now, if you're just coming in on this Bible study, it's the first Bible study you have in Kings, understand that on our Bible study series, we have gone through 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, and now we're in 1 Kings. So we've already learned about who Joab is. And Joab now is the commander of the army, had gone up to bury the slain after this particular battle. So there's a symmetry and a theme to the Bible you might be walking in a Bible study like this, and who are these guys? And what's going on? We've laid that foundation all the way going back to 1 Samuel. And there's quite a few Bible studies, but you can always check, catch up on us because they're, they're on the website and they're on our app. So you can just download them or watch them right there. Then verse 18, they arose from Midian and came to Paran and took men with them from Paran and came to Egypt, to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who gave him a house, a portion of food for him and gave him land. And Hadad found great favor in the sight of Pharaoh, so that he gave him as his wife the sister of his own wife, that is, the sister of Queen T- Tapanese. Then the sister of Tappanis bore him Genubbath, his son, whose Tappanis weaned in Pharaoh's house, and Genubath was in Pharaoh's household among the sons of Pharaoh. Now, when Hadad heard in Egypt that David rested with his fathers and that Joab, the commander of the army, was dead, Hadad said to Pharaoh, Let me depart, that I may go to my own country. And Pharaoh said to him, but what have you lacked with me that suddenly you seek to go up to your own country? And he answered, nothing, but do let me go anyway. So what Solomon had hoped to achieve, this is why this little section's here, what Solomon had hoped to achieve by marrying many foreign wives, that he would have peace with his neighboring countries, didn't even work. It didn't happen. And who's the first person to turn on him? The first person where he took our first country where he took a wife god has said over and over again don't mess around with egypt the jews every year even to this day celebrate the passover the great deliverance of the nation of israel from the bondage of egypt it's a memory it's a glorious thing to look back on the victories of god we have our own victories of god don't we We have have the victories from, uh, you know, the victory of deliverance from Egypt is our victory, but we all have uh, a victory of Egypt and a deliverance because Egypt represents the flesh and the world and how God has delivered us from some stuff that would be just amazing to think without the power of God, we would never be delivered. And what Solomon, you know, here's the thing with sin. You think you've got it all figured out and it's not going to work. It will not end the way you think it's going to win. It just just warning you from the scriptures and warning me, it's not going to end. You say, "Oh, no, no, it's going to be different for me. It's not. What a man soweth, that he will also reapeth. No farmer sows corn and expects apples to come up. He wouldn't be a farmer. And in the spirit, we should expect the same thing. You can't ever expect to sow sin and think some righteous thing's gonna come up out of it. It's not. So he's got all these enemies now. Verse 23, God raised up another adversary against him, Rezon, the son of Elidah. Who fled from his lord Hadadezer, the king of Zobah? He gathered men to him to became captain over a band of raiders. When David killed those of Zobah, and they went to Damascus and dwelt there and reigned in Damascus, he was an adversary of Israel all the days of Solomon. Besides the trouble that Hadad caused, and he abhorred Israel and reigned over Syria. So, so I, I just think when when you when you see that word adversary, remember that the devil. The devil is also known as our adversary. And let me just say, whenever you're in compromise, the adversary always shows up and multiplies. And David, or Solomon learned that throughout his years, what he thought would happen, all he got was adversaries. Verse 26, then Solomon's servant Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, the Ephronite from Zaretah, whose mother's name was Zeruah, a widow, who rebelled against, he also rebelled against the king. And this is what caused him to rebel against the king. Solomon had built the Milo and repaired the damages of the city of David, his father. The man, Jeroboam, was a mighty man of valor. And Solomon, seeing that the young man was industrious, made him the officer over all the labor force of the house of Joseph. Now it happened at the time when Jeroboam went out, to Jerus- out of Jerusalem that the prophet Ahijah, the Shilonite, met him on the way. And he had clothed himself in a new garment. And the two alone in the field. And Ahijah took hold of the new garment that was on him and tore it into 12 pieces. And he said to Jeroboam, take for yourself 10 pieces. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, behold, I will tear the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon and will give 10 tribes to you. But he shall have one tribe for the sake of my servant David, sake of Jerusalem, the city which I've chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, because they have forsaken me. And worship Ashtoreth, the goddess of Sidonians, Chemosh, the god of Moabites, Milcom, the god of the people of the Ammon, not walked in my ways to do what was right in my eyes and keep my statutes and my judgments as did his father David. Let me pause there for a second. Why did the nation of Israel worship false gods? Two reasons. And I don't want one to neglect the other. Number one, they chose to worship false gods. They chose. They're fully responsible for that choice. Number two, they chose to worship false gods because Solomon was a bad leader. Now, they could have chosen to choose to do the right thing, even though Solomon was a bad leader, but they didn't. And those of you that are in spiritual leadership or in a place of leadership in this church or whatever church you're in, you have a very important role. Why why do you, why do people talk the way they talk around you? Because that's how you talk. Why do people do the things they do around you? Because that's what you do. Those of you that have a position of authority that God has given to you through the ministry of this, of this church in particular, just for us, those of you that aren't here and will be watching this later, your role as a leader is important and significant and you can either lead people in the righteousness of God or the unrighteousness of compromise. And you could always say, but yeah, they made their own decisions and I could always say, and yes, you led them there. And it's true for parents. It's true for leaders. Look, none of us are going to be perfect leaders, and you're going to see mistakes in us all. And even the worst of the worst leaders that would make horrible decisions, we need to be praying for them. We need to to be praying that the Lord would restore them or convict them or whatever it is that they're needed, but we're not to follow their ways. Even Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. But don't take for granted the position of leadership that God has entrusted to you. Sure, you might have been in my office and gone through an interview with me. Or we might have come to you and say, you know, we see God's gifting in you. And you think that maybe that position of leadership is tied somehow to this church. It's not. The position of leadership is given to you by God himself. And you answer to him yes, there's leadership in the church and there's going to be a place where there's authority of leadership and stuff and I have a responsibility in your life. But you are serving God, not me. Or your pastor, if you're in another church, you serve God. You answer to him. And they're committing all this idolatry because Solomon failed. And and we just need to pray that we don't fail and lead people astray. It'll hurt them. Some people are mad at God today for something that happened 30 years ago. And somebody they trusted. And somebody took advantage of them. I know my dad himself was hurt and didn't walk into a church for, I don't know, 20 plus years because a pastor severely hurt him in dealing with the grief in his life. And it was just something that couldn't be resolved in his heart. Until later, until God saved his own son and began to minister the gospel to him. I mean, you just can't write stuff like that. You can't make that up. Like the Lord just loves people so much that he'll do whatever it takes to get them into a relationship and bring him into it. It's so awesome. So Jeroboam's raised up, and we'll learn a lot about him uh, as, we, as we read on. But it says in 35, I'll take the kingdom out of his son's hand and give it to you, 10 tribes. And to his son, I'll give one tribe. My servant David may always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem, the city I've chosen for myself to put my name there. I'll take you, you'll reign over all your heart desires and you shall be king over Israel. It shall be, verse 38, if you heed all that I command you, walk in my ways and do what is right in my sight. Keep my statutes, my commandments, as my servant David did. Then uh, I'll be with you and build for you an enduring house as I built for David. And I will afflict the descendants of David because of this, but not forever. That's a graceful statement, not forever. Solomon therefore sought to kill Jeroboam. But Jeroboam arose and fled to Egypt, to Shishak, the king of Egypt, and was in Egypt until the death of Solomon. Jeroboam was a problem for Solomon a gifted, hardworking man, but no connection to God. And he has this encounter with Ahijah, and Solomon goes after him. But God's will always prevails. Verse 41. Now the rest of the Acts of Solomon, all that he did, the wisdom and his wisdom, are they not written in the book of the Acts of Solomon? And that period of Solomon reign in Jerusalem uh, over all Israel was 40 years. Solomon rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. His father, Rehoboam, his son, reigned in his place. So Solomon dies. And he reigns as long as his dad David did. And like King Saul, Solomon was offered many opportunities but didn't take advantage of them in the Lord. He was a wise, smart, intelligent, but lacked his heart connection with God. Church family, it's so important that we learn how to listen to the word and obey the word. Stay so close abiding in him. The times in which we live require us to press in. They require us to, they're getting harder And the temptations are just right up in your face, cramming into your house, popping up on your phone, walking down the streets of uh, of our city. The, The government is into legalized dope dealing. That's our world. They're making money on our kids going to hell, our government. And then we're thinking the government's gonna save everything? Only Jesus Christ, the King of kings, will right what's wrong in our world today. And it's his church that's going to press in. It's not a time of retreat. It's a time to press in. It's a time to step out. It's a time to check check our hearts before him, just to bear our hearts before him and, and to pray that prayer, Lord, search me and know me and try me. Reveal to me if there's any unclean thing and then point me in the right way. Point me in the direction you want me to go. Why? For the sake of our city, for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for for the sake of unknown salvations that haven't even taken place yet, but that we might be able to be a part of.
1: You're listening to Abounding Grace with our Bible teacher and pastor, Ed Taylor. To give this a second listen, all you need to do is call and request a CD copy. Reach us toll free at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. Or access the messages online at CalvaryAurora.org. Again, we're at CalvaryAurora.org. We'd like to suggest adding a couple of apps to your mobile devices. Look for the Calvary Aurora app and Grace FM Colorado app, available on all platforms. They're free and a great way to fill up on the teaching of the word wherever you may be. Abounding grace is made possible through the generosity of our listeners. Each gift that comes in serves to help us pay for radio time. And think of this, you'll be helping thousands all over the world learn about God's amazing grace and how to grow by it. And today, when you give a donation of $25 or more, we'd like to say thanks by sending you a useful resource. It's a book by Pastor Greg Laurie and Ellen Vaughn called Jesus Revolution. Some of you were alive to remember how God got a hold of an unlikely group of men and women in the 60s and 70s. You'll read the amazing story of the Jesus Movement, an amazing time of mass revival, renewal, and reconciliation. Can God do it again? You bet. Call us right now so we can drop this in the mail to you. We're at 877-30-GRACE or go online to calvaryaurora.org. We'll return to 1 Kings next time on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. We'll see you then.
0: This is
1: amazing
0: grace.